Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A lot of uh, varying opinions, Dustin, it seems, on Kevin Love. Uh, like, like, we took some calls yesterday. There was one guy I remember distinctly calling in and saying, you know, he's being selfish yep. and... I tend to disagree with that just because I think I think Kevin Love sacrificed a lot more than people understand when he during his time here, and he technically he's still here, so we can't say it's over yet. But like as the third wheel, sort of of that big three, like he had to sacrifice last couple of years. He's had to sacrifice as they try to get young players playing time. But you're getting varying opinions of some people who think he's being selfish, and some people who think the organization's doing him wrong. And it's kind of interesting how it's not just a Cleveland thing. This is across the board in all sports and in all cities, I'm sure. But you get people who 
pick and choose when to sort of stand by the organization and pick and choose when to stand by the player. And it's interesting that this one seems to have sort of a, a split reaction, if you will, to Kevin Love potentially being bought out here in the coming days. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I guess we'll wait and see what happens with the whole situation if it really goes through um, and they do buy him out. But, you know, right now, uh, I, I got to be honest with you, I don't really care. I mean, I love Kevin Love. I think he's a really good basketball player. He's given yeah. a lot to Cleveland. He's been well, here a long time. We both said yesterday, like, he's probably a top 10 Cavalier of all time. Yeah, Jersey deserves sure. to be retired. Sure. Yeah, 100%. But it, the guy's 35 years old. He's not really a relevant player on this team anymore. I Listen, if he can go somewhere else and play, good for him. He can't get on the court here. Yeah, and that's where it was interesting because I know Jeff and um, – Jeff and Paskin were talking about how they are worried. They're sort of worried, like, well, what if he goes somewhere else and he still has something left in the tank? And mm-hmm. how do we know that there's just nothing left with Kevin Love? And I'm sort of in the same boat as you, Dustin, where, I, listen, I'm trusting the organization on this one that whatever's wrong, whether it's the injuries, the thumb, the back, whatever, where he's just not going to be able to perform, that they aren't getting the same Kevin Love that they had last year where he was in the conversation for sixth man of the year. They understand that, they believe that, and there's just not a role for him on this team. I know I joked yesterday about, well, this is going to come back to bite them when he goes to the Heat or something like that, but am I really that worried about Kevin Love going and playing like eight minutes in a, a, a no. game for the Miami Heat potentially in a series against the Cavs? Like, no. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, listen, it could come back to haunt him. He could hit a big shot. You never know, but like, that's a risk that I just don't really think is going to be that big of a deal. I agree. Yeah, I, I I can't sit here and lose sleep over whether or not an aging Kevin Love at the end of this contract, he clearly is not worth the kind of money he's getting at this point in his career, whether or not that's going to come back to bite the Cavs in the butt. What I also think is interesting here, first of all, I mentioned you know picking and choosing between team and player and player and team when these types of things happen. When, uh, when Francisco Lindor... Was get it, Francisco Lindor is an interesting one because like when he got traded, it was initially it was all like well the team just can't pay for these guys and they're they, you know they're they're poor and everyone's upset and then he goes to New York and quickly everybody kind of turned on him. It, it, it's funny like these guys leave they're here and they're leaving and everybody like wants them and then the second they leave it's just like you, you just start throwing mud on them. Yeah, and I'm so I'm, I'm wondering if the same thing is going to happen to Kevin Love as as this kind of falls of the, the situation kind of plays out here in front of us where he'll go somewhere else and we'll be getting more of like the, oh, well, he was selfish and, and that type of thing. There was a caller earlier this week who I think in the morning show called in and his thoughts, he, he had some, I think what would be a controversial opinion that he doesn't even necessarily think that the Cavs should have ever made the trade for Kevin Love. Would have rather had Wiggins. And he was waxing poetic about how they would have won multiple championships with Andrew Wiggins instead of Kevin Love and all this different stuff. I don't like... I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't either. How how am I supposed to trust? Like It took Andrew Wiggins until now to finally be part of a team that was winning a championship, relevant. I understand he had some good seasons early on in his career, but... And maybe that would have been true if they had kept him and he could have played along alongside LeBron. But to insinuate that the Kevin Love trade wasn't worth it, or that he, for whatever reason, was a bust, I I can't I can't go there. I I can't wrap my head around it. You got a championship out of it. No, I know, and and that's why I'm never going to be like upset with Kevin Love. I mean, the guy's been here since what 2014, 
15? Yes. Yeah. It would have been 14. Yeah. So, like, he's been here for eight years. And we rattled off some of the stats yesterday. He's top three all time in three points made, three point percentage for the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, whether you like it or not, he was part of that championship run. And he did have some moments throughout the, the, the playoffs and throughout that, uh, that NBA finals that stay, stand out in our minds. He was great on the boards. I know specifically he had, of course, the, you talk about the block, the shot, the stop yep. was uh, his role in the sort of uh, exercising of Golden State, the Golden State Demons in that finals. So, yeah, he's he's got an important place in history. I just can't bring myself to thinking that in the end, this trade somehow wasn't worth it. I, here's what I'll say. If you want to look and tell me that paying him to st- after the big three sort of fell apart and they give him the big contract to keep him here, if you want to tell me that that part of his career wasn't worth it, like it wasn't worth investing this much in him to keep him around, I can wrap my head around that. I don't know how much value you put on having a guy like that around as these young guys were kind of coming through and being sort of that leader and that face of that group, the 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 veteran to sort of lead on, lean on. I don't know how much value you put on that and if that was worth the $28 million a year that he was making. So I can hear you out on that. But holy... I can't sit here and say that the Kevin Love deal was bad and that for whatever reason, this his time with Cleveland, he panned out to be a bust. I know we talked yesterday about fat Kevin Love in, yep. in Minnesota was probably the best version of Kevin Love we've seen throughout his career. Granted, he wasn't shooting as many threes back then, but he's, he's had to kind of evolve over time. Um, but I, I think like to look back on this time, assuming that this thing's going to happen and he's going to get bought out here in the coming days, and your takeaway be that he's a bust, I think is... Doing what I said, overreacting to a situation and just trying to sort of mudsling as a player leaves town, which I guess, as I said, us and other sports cities tend to kind of do that. I mean, did we mudsling Francisco Lindor when he left? I don't, I don't remember that, do That's, we? Well, I, initially, I think, not initially, but then when he left and he started kind of saying like, yeah, I didn't put in the time last year oh, yeah. and all this different stuff, then all of a sudden it became like a villainous thing. And now I don't know that people feel as fondly of Francisco Lindor as they did. I don't know. I mean, the guy's been here forever. The 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 second contract was probably a bad move by the Cavaliers. Yeah. But I, I don't regret them trading Andrew Wiggins for, for Kevin Love to get them a championship. I think it helped them. And frankly, if Kyrie and Kevin don't get injured um, in 2015, in, in you know, that, that thing went six games with LeBron putting the team on his back. Can you imagine yeah. if you just had one of those guys? Yeah. Yeah, I... I mean, I've argued for years that I thought they could have at least won two out of that that run if uh, those two guys don't get hurt. Thanks, uh, Kelly Olynyk, right? Um, yeah, it's just interesting. And and uh, to be fair, like I don't know that we mudsling every time a guy leaves, but it's it's just funny. Like we pick and choose sometimes. Like the Browns this past offseason move on from Baker Mayfield, and everyone's taking Baker's side. And now in this situation, but but then there's other times where people are like, well, I'm not the Deshaun Watson thing happens and there's plenty of people who are like, well, I'm standing by the team. You know what I mean? Like, it's just funny how these things kind of happen. Ultimately though, it raises a good question. And we were sort of talking pre-show about this, um, whether or not Kevin Love can be considered a bust. And look, I, I don't know. We can all sit here. Hindsight 2020 be like, oh, well, if they had kept Andrew Wiggins, who knows what this team could have done yet yeah, for sure. I, you can do that throughout the history of sports in any moment in time. We just did it with the 2015 season. Yep. If if Kyrie and, and Kevin Love don't get hurt, who knows if they win that championship. But I can't sit here after a title was won in 2016 and say that Kevin Love and making this deal and 
bringing him over here was a bust and that he was a bust as a player. I also can't sit here and say that as we rattled off the numbers and where he is all time on some Cavaliers lists and mentioned that his jersey should be retired. But it does raise an, an interesting question about all-time busts in Cleveland sports. And if we want to branch out, I think, Dustin, and talk even more widely just about in sports in general, I think that could be a fun conversation to have as well. But who are some of, and we don't have to rattle them off all right now, but I'm curious to pick your brain on who we think some of the biggest busts are in Cleveland sports history. And you guys as well, 216-578-0092. I don't think Kevin Love even comes close to making that list of players that were busts that came it, here. Is it, can it be somebody that they acquired? Does that have to be a draft pick? Like, what do you think? What do you, how do you I think it can be both. quantify it? I think it can be both. Okay. Um, I mean, I think there's plenty of people who would say that Nick Swisher's time here, he right. panned out to be a bust here for the Guardians, or at the time the Indians, Michael obviously. Born. But Yeah. So I think it can be either or. But I think it's an interesting conversation to stew on as we reflect on Kevin Love's time and people are either in their feelings feeling that the team's doing him wrong or the opposite, saying that he was no good, he's being selfish, and he shouldn't ever have been here in the first place. Yeah, I don't consider him a bust. Uh, Certainly not a top 10 bust in Cleveland. I mean, there's other players that we've... There's so many players. So many Browns players, so many Cavs players, Indians players, Guardians players that have been complete wastes. Kevin Love got us a championship, the first championship in over 50 years. Yeah. He was a big part of that. I, that's, that's the thing that's so wild to me, Dustin, is how anybody can somehow look back on his time here, see that championship, and all that it meant for this city, and all that it meant for LeBron to sort of fulfill that destiny with Kevin Love and Kyrie along his side, and for what, for whatever reason, their take be that he was a bust here. Like, how can anybody who's part of be who was part of a championship run be considered a bust unless it was like a a first overall draft pick that was just a a bench player and he was supposed to be the guy like if LeBron had never panned out like yeah okay sure but I like I I don't get it I do not get it that is one of the ultimate moments in Cleveland sports history and Kevin Love was part of it and somehow there's people who somehow feel that it wasn't worth it or that he was a bust during his time here makes no sense to me it's baffling to me I mean we, we drafted Anthony Bennett number one overall yeah. Anthony, Anthony Bennett. That, he, that's a good one. He I mean, was a that, bust. He, he, yeah. The guy barely played in the league. No one thought they should draft this guy outside no. of Anthony Lima. <laughs> I was going to say, I was racking my brain like, wasn't there somebody on the station who yeah, was all Lima on was, Lima was a, 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 a big time Anthony Bennett fan. Mm. Did that make the hot take tournament that year? Oh, I mean... I mean, listen, he was right about them taking him. He thought they'd take him. He yeah, thought, yeah. But it just didn't pan out. He had like two good summer league games. We were like, man, this guy is going to be special. The summer league is uh, like um, pro day in the NFL. Oh, it's my like you God. Watched the, you're like, oh. I remember, Anthony, or Anthony, uh, I remember uh, Andrew Wiggins' like first summer league game. He had some like ridiculous dunks. Yeah, he I'm was like, good. oh, now, this guy. Less of a bust, I guess, than Anthony Bennett. I don't even know if we can call Andrew Wiggins a bust fully. Like he's had some good years. We don't really notice because he played in Minnesota. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely true on Anthony Bennett. Anyway, I have a hard time, even though I know people are just trying to sort of find anything to either feel better about the Kevin Love trade and sort of slander him on the way out, throw some throw some mud on him on the way out, or I guess throw some shade at the team for moving on from a guy that they feel close with or connected with. 
whatever side of you're on, I think we all should be able to agree that there's no way Kevin Love's time here can be considered a bust. But it opens up an interesting conversation. Biggest busts in Cleveland sports history or just in sports history in general. Any, right any thoughts on uh, biggest <laughs> Cleveland bust since we got you here? Not Kevin Love. He's, uh, he's top 10 Cav all time. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you no, know. 100%. I, I don't know. I, I loved him out of college, but it's hard not to put Manziel there, right? Dude, I'm. Uh, Anthony Bennett was the number one overall pick, played four <laughs> years, averaged four points a game. Yeah. Where did he go? He because he was part of the Wiggins trade too, wasn't he? Didn't they trade him to Minnesota with the in the Love deal? Wasn't that part I of it? I think so. He was in Minnesota for one year in fourteen and fifteen. So I think you're mm-hmm. right about that. But and then where did he go after that? I don't even then know. he went to Toronto for a year and Brooklyn for a year and then bye bye. Surprised he lasted that long. I think he's playing overseas. Maybe he might be. I mean, if we're talking Cleveland, like he might be the biggest. And people just don't really care because it's Anthony Because people want to like act like Tim Couch was a bust. Tim Couch was not a bust. Tim Couch was was a quarterback on an expansion team with no offensive line and might be the most talented quarterback we've had in the last 30 years. Yeah. I mean, team had just come back. They're trying to sort of work you through some Couch things. You put Tim Couch in his prime on this Browns team? Whoa. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I'd rather have him over Deshaun Watson It's funny in, in his prime. It's funny John brought up uh, Johnny Manziel. Because we were kind of talking about him before the show. I think that we universally want to lump Johnny Manziel into the bus category because we just don't like him. And and he's Well, I, mean, I feel like because he was drafted to what, twenty second overall, and he wasn't even the first pick for the Browns in that draft. They they drafted right. Justin Gilbert. Who was a bigger bust who's a bigger bust than, than Manziel, Manziel, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. The heart sleeper. Yeah. I agree. That was t- uh, yeah. But that year, just block it out. Like just t- that was like, when you talk about terrible Browns drafts, that might have been like the... What year was that? 15? Uh, 14? I think it, I think I it was, think it was 14. 14. Yeah. And that was the same draft that Teddy Bridgewater yeah. got selected, right? Because wasn't he the one that said, I don't want to play for Cleveland, basically? And that's why they didn't take him, and they ended up taking Manziel instead? I forget. I know I think a homeless guy told Jimmy Haslam to draft him, and he did. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my God. Uh, when, when they say do, you know... Do uh, community service and do right by people in need. I don't Bridgewater think they went thirty second uh, overall to the Vikings. Yeah, and then remember Derek Carr went thirty sixth overall to the Raiders. Mm. Two quarterbacks could have had, had. You could have had Derek Carr. Should have had Derek Carr. Yeah, but when they say do right by the uh, the needy, I don't think they mean like you have to take their draft advice. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo went sixty two. Oh, all the guys t- was Manziel the first quarterback taken that year? No. no. Who else? What was that? Uh. No, the first quarterback was Blake Bortles that year. That's right. Which he didn't really pan out no. either. He didn't um, win an AFC Championship game. That's true. Actually, they almost beat the Patriots that year. They had him. It was the a really quarter. close game. Yeah, that was the third quarter. Memorable right. year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, to get back to Manziel though, real quick, I think universally, like we want to say Manziel because again, I don't. I, I, the way things went with him, didn't take things seriously. The uh, what was his uh, pseudo name when he was going out to the clubs? Billy Manziel. Billy Manziel. That's it. <laughs> so creative. Um, there's like the whole Billy Manziel thing with the fake mustache, and that became a meme. Uh, the picture of him on the swan boat floating around with the bottle in his hand, like just all of it. And plus, he's still to this day, for whatever reason, Cleveland lives rent-free in his head, and he's just always finding ways to bash Cleveland. Um, yeah, I get why we want to put Manziel on that cat. He's too much money in my hand. I'll call you back. I the think, money phone. <laughs> I think we want to put Manziel in that category strictly because we just don't like him anymore. 
remember doing a show when we drafted Manziel right after we drafted him. And it was the, I think it was the next weekend, like after the minicamp or before the minicamp, the rookie minicamp. And he was on the, the swan. Remember the swan yeah, picture? Yeah. With the, with the champagne bottles and stuff? Yeah. The, that still it, pops up in my Twitter feed yeah, occasionally. And I was like, and, and Lyman and I were like the only ones in town that made a big deal about it. And people were like so mad at me. I'm like, yeah, it's a little concerning. Oh, man. Remember the days where we were arguing like, ah, uh, it's okay that he wants to party. Like, he's just, he's a young kid. Like, he's let a him have 21 year old boy. Let him have his fun, you know? That's what people said, man. He can still study the playbook, and he like sent a picture when he was in Vegas of him like sitting there with the playbook. That was probably the only time he touched that playbook the entire trip. Dude, what a disaster that was. <laughs> but because of all that, Dustin, I think we want to say Johnny Manziel was like a massive bust. He got Mike Petten fired. But if you remember, like there was mixed reviews on him coming out. There were some people who thought like, oh man, like this guy's gonna be great. He's electric, and, they, and it was. I think it was mostly just because they all had these like they were all just salivating over the idea of Johnny Manziel coming to Cleveland, and oh. Heisman Trophy winner. Look at the tape. He's so exciting. He's such a fun player that they wanted him to pan out. Oh, I wanted him to pan out. But I mean, he was a great college football player. But when you looked at the tape, the experts all kind of said going into that draft, like, yeah, this guy, he's not it. So I don't know that we can consider him a bust when people all kind of consensusly understood like he could or could not work out. It wasn't like a bona fide, he's for sure going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, we got this list that Keith printed out for us. It was a nationwide survey uh, looking at the biggest bus in NFL history. And this is like, Keith, how do they do this study? Just a poll? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I think it was just polling people. Well, it's got, it's got number one, Jamarcus Russell as the biggest bus in NFL history, which is fine. It's a good answer. But number two, they've got Manziel. Over, over the, Ryan Lee? Yeah, like all these David guys Carr, below him. Tony Mandarich? Charles Rogers, like there's a bunch of other players on this list, and it's like Manziel number two. He was a 22nd overall pick. Yeah, I, I yeah, honestly, it's, it's uh, fans over 48 states, so obviously probably okay. Alaska and Hawaii there, uh, but the 48 states. It was just responses from fans throughout those 48 states. Yeah, I think um, because Manziel had such a, he was. I mean, he was. Listen, he was a star. polarizing. He was. Yeah, he was a recognizable football star nationwide. The Heisman season. Beats Bama. He did his little money sign at the draft, like all of it. He was a polarizing public figure who everybody knew. So I think people probably just go off of like notoriety when they were making this list and decided like, yeah, I remember Johnny Manziel, great college player. But like we've seen guys and like think about Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow was a great college player. And I think people kind of knew in the NFL he just wasn't going to pan out. It's the same sort of thing. Like, Yeah. yeah, polarizing player, but you don't see him on this list. Because people kind of understood. I think Manziel was in that same category. We just hyped him up more because he Tim Tebow was more mellow, and Manziel was very like in your face, uh, build his own brand type yep. type star. All right, let's get to some of these calls. Uh, Kyle, you're first up on afternoon drive. What's going on, Kyle? So I was originally thinking it was Anthony Bennett was the biggest draft, but what about like Brandon Whedon and Trent Richardson? I think Richardson's a good one because he was a top five pick. Yeah, Whedon was again number twenty two, I believe. Yeah, he that was. was like he was twenty. The unlucky number for the Browns there for a while. Um, I'd say Richardson's a good one. Yeah, and Richardson I feel like, also I feel had like Whedon was again drafted a little bit later. Had a had a little bit of risk on him because he was an older guy coming into the pros. But but Richardson, I mean that guy, especially after he he had this great rookie season. You know, with yeah. I think he scored like 10 touchdowns. Yeah, they're, they're, I remember they were flashing up the graphics of like, he's on pace to be the yeah. only running back since Jim Brown to do this, 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 and this. And then a year Man, later. I'll never forget. Mm. 
Keith, remember this? Remember the rookie? Uh, it was against the Bengals. Kyle, appreciate the call, man, by the Thanks, way. Thanks, buddy. Uh, it was uh, Richardson versus the Bengals, and he had that screen pass. Remember that crazy run? I think it was oh, in, yeah. I think it was in yeah. Cincinnati. I have a weird memory about stuff. I know exactly where I was watching. I was at Brew Garden doing a watch party with the fan, and I think Lima might have even been there. And he had that. I'm like, dude, this is this guy's going to be like Jim Brown. Yeah, I think we and all. Then, and then next year just completely fell off. I think we all thought that. Like, especially like I said, they were throwing up graphics of like first running back in Brown's history to do this since Jim Brown. People yeah. were like, oh, this guy's going to be great. And now we do the same thing with Nick Chubb, and he's actually better than Trent Richardson. He's actually worthy of being in that conversation. And it's crazy that they didn't they flip him for like another for a first round pick. I was gonna say they got a first round pick from the Colts back from him somehow. They fooled the Colts. That was like a rare Browns trade that they won. Man, yeah, Trent Richardson's a good one. I'm with you on Brandon Whedon. I mean, he was like 30 years old when he came into the NFL. I think people kind of were skeptical. Like, if this guy played in college this long, how the hell is he going to be a good NFL quarterback? And they were right. He's most known for uh, getting stuck under the American flag pregame. Yeah, against Brandon the Whedon. Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> Great moment in time. Let's go to uh, Edward. You're up next. What's up, Edward? Yeah, how you living today? Can't complain. Getting got, over a cold, but, you know, we're living. We're living. I got, I got two players, Danny Ferry and Mike Phelps. I don't know if I can speak to either of those. Why not? Both we are before my Brian time. Hopper and Paul Warfield for them, too. Yeah. You remember? I don't remember specifically because that's before my time. Well, but I mean, Mike Phelps played the Miami 70s. <laughs> Mike Phelps, we gave up Paul Warfield. And for Danny Ferry, we gave up Ron Harper, remember? Yeah, mm. Phipps was, was a third pick in the draft uh, by the Dolphins and traded for, for Paul Warfield. Yeah, yeah, and Paul Warfield won three Super Bowls with Bob Greasy. Right? Y- yeah. Yes, that's yes. accurate. You are right. Appreciate the call, Edward. Yeah, I listen. I, I, I you'll learn this about me. Yeah, it's funny, man. Danny Ferry to me, I always thought he was like a good player. I don't remember him being a bust. Yeah, I mean, I this is what's always hard for me. Is like, I, and then he was in the front office here. Like, I don't, I don't have like bad memories of Danny Ferry. Other than, uh, I mean, was he a good uh, executive for the? I mean, he was here for a decade. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm gonna concede on that one to uh, to Edward. I think he's probably got more. By the way, of, Danny uh, Ferry's contract was a 10 year guaranteed contract for 34 million dollars. 34 million? How many years? It was 10 years. That's a uh, that's like a that's like nothing today. Um. Yeah, that, in 1990, if if Danny Ferry were playing today, he signed a 10 year deal. He'd be getting 300 million dollars. Bananas. That's like how that's like what it equates to today. I mean, I'm just saying roughly. Yeah. I mean, the guy he averaged Unreal. like for his time in Cleveland, mostly about 13 points a game, something like that. And that's kind of what you get now. You average 13 points a game, you're going to get a couple hundred million. They they definitely fork over the money in the NBA. It's crazy. Yeah, I I I don't know that I have a, a great recollection of of Danny Ferry just because I mean, listen, when he first got to Cleveland, I was not even born yet, so. Kind of hard for me to say, but I under I I, I think it's a fair uh, person to throw out there. But we got others for whatever reason. There's people out there who think Kevin Love's time here, I guess, was not worth the the juice wasn't worth the squeeze, if you will, of trading Andrew Wiggins. I think 2016 uh, kind of uh, negates that and just just 
disputes it, but hey, I get it. People are going to feel the way they feel as uh, Kevin Love potentially set to exit Cleveland. We'll keep this conversation going. You'll learn this about me. Like, I just have a hard time. Like, somebody last segment brought up uh, Danny Ferry. And well, I, and Ferry, I guess for, for what people look at Cavs team that he came to, and they feel like, and I got a couple texts about this too. Um, I think Ron Harper was a part of that deal with for Ferry, right? Yeah. And Ron Harper, like, was a really good player. Right. And people were like, man, you know, it shouldn't have been Elo on Jordan for the shot. Right. It should have been yeah. Ron Harper. And that's, see, like, I have some recollection of Ron Harper. I can't say, though, because I've obviously I've like heard him. I know he's talked about. I've seen certain highlights, plays. There was He was mentioned, obviously, in the Jordan documentary. He was one of the Cavs' best players during that era. So I get it with him. Um, and so I, I can kind of understand where, like, maybe – Danny Ferry comes in and he's not living up to what Ron Harper was. So that's probably why people feel that way. But I have no recollection of like for the time, whether or not people believed that Danny Ferry was like some great player. Yeah, I, that was I just good. don't remember. I was eight years old. That's what I'm saying. Like you were a little older than me, but he, his first year in Cleveland, 90 to 91, like I was born in 91. So I, I have no, such a baby. his first like five to you weren't even here when he was traded here. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I can't, I have such a hard time understanding, like, whether or not that was a bad deal or not, or if he was a bust or not. But I do understand in the grand scheme of Cavs history where Ron Harper sort of sits in people's minds. So I, I can understand and wrap my head around that. So maybe he was. I don't know. I mean, I just don't remember it enough to know how yeah. big of a bust he was. I mean, right. they, did, they did go to the playoffs six times. He was here 10 years. Yeah. And maybe that's where I'm just going to bank on Edward having more knowledge of that than me. Like, he, he was like, you remember him? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I remember, like, very, very minimal of him. I remember him more as an exec than I, I do. I don't have a, a great recollection of Mike Phipps. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was here in 1970. Neither. So, like, I can't speak to that. So, Edward, we're going to let you uh, – you'll be the uh, keeper of Phipps and Ferry, I guess. Phipps and Ferry. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a great name for a show on 92 The Fan, Phipps and Ferry. Phipps and Ferry on uh, 92 The Fan. Better than Afternoon Drive. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an fired. attorney. Phipps and Ferry. Yeah. Got to come up with a jingle for that one. <laughs> what would they be attorneys for? Because you got your, there's like, oh, there's the accident attorneys. There's like your marriage attorneys. Think about it. Represent Brett Favre. <laughs> attorney at law. We'll leave that one there. 216-578-0092. Biggest busts in Cleveland sports history. We got plenty of people lined up on this. Let's go to Big O. You're up next on The Fan. What's going on, Big O? Yo, yo, guys. What's going on? What's up, Big O? Hey, uh, so I'm going to give you an old one, an old bust and a new bust. Uh, uh, Mike Junkin was drafted by the Browns, I think, uh, by Marty Schottenheimer. And he was described as a madman in a meat locker. And he sucked so bad. First round pick, fifth was- overall. He was. Yeah. And I think we could Shane Conlin, I think, was like – From Penn State, right? Right. And he went to Buffalo. And it was just a horrible pick. It it reminds me of Justin Gilbert, but it also reminds me of Marquinhos Mingo. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, my goodness. I mean, and the thing about the Browns picks that are so bad that there's always this great player – one or two picks later that someone else picks up, and it's somebody that we could have had. Yeah, we could have Ben so, Roethlisberger. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
You know, so, there's there's a million scenarios. Sean Watson when you could have had Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I think, hey, listen, I think Mingo is a really good one, Big O. Um, yeah. He's somebody who, and I appreciate the call, man. I, I, he, he's somebody who. <laughs> oh, here comes Barkevious Mingo, everybody. Come on down to the clown show. Followed by Mingo. He we just, have... He's out there flailing away. You could do this just for draft after draft How do you after remember draft this, Spano? We had this bit on the show yeah, with Mingo. Ago. Years ago, yeah. because I just said he, he just looks like he's in a circus running around like flailing yes. out there. You got the yakety sax out. Yeah, <laughs> every time we play the Betty Hill music. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's a good one. Mingo's a good one. I mean, and maybe I don't know. Like, did coming out of college was Mingo expected to? Like, was he was he expected to have like be this amazing player? I mean, I know he was taking sixth overall, so I guess. But man, like the Browns just have so many drafts you could go back to. I mean, we, met, we mentioned Justin Gilbert already. We got Mingo on there now. Like so many years. What about Braylon could, Edwards, man. Braylon Edwards is another good one. Just so many guys that they just whiffed on. It, it, it's it's honestly baffling that Kellen they Winslow they whiffed on so many guys. It, it Courtney almost feels, Brown. We talk about Courtney Brown. Yeah, we talked about him during the break. He was a big name player coming out of Penn State. And yeah, number one overall pick had just the one year. His rookie, his rookie year, he was, could never he was solid. Stay healthy. Yeah, he finished like fourth for rookie of the year, I think, his first year. Played 16 games, and then after that, it was just like he never played a full season again. And then he was out of Cleveland after four years. Another bad one. It almost feels like statistically harder that the Browns have missed on this many guys in the first round than, yeah. that, than that they landed just like one guy who you finally felt. I mean, I guess that one guy is Joe Thomas, right? <laughs> but Pretty much, right? <laughs> 216-578-2092. Taking more of your calls on this. You can also hit us up on Twitter. It's DustinFox37 at Spencito underscore for me. Let's go to Andre. You're up next. What's up, Andre? Yeah, how about uh, the running back, uh, Green, for the Browns? Green. I don't know his first name. He was William from Green? Boston College. Yeah, William Green? He was, he was from Boston College. Oh, what's his face? This was like the 2000 and... William Green. William Green, yeah, yeah. Run, yes, William, run. I don't know if I remember him enough. Maybe that's why he's you a bust. you got to remember William Green. You weren't that old. And then, yeah, William Green, that's his name. He was the 16th then, pick in the two, in how about, 02 draft. How about, the, how about that uh, Manziel pick? And um, we could have got, uh, we could have got uh, uh, Deshaun Watson then. The Manziel year? Uh, I don't know that year, but I no. know we no, had the first no. Man, Manzel predated uh, Watson. Um, appreciate the call, Andre. Yeah, Manzel was 14, we said, and obviously Watson was several years after that. He was the same year as Mahomes. Yeah, he so was that would have been 2017. Yeah, he was the 12th pick by the. I guess Texans. I kind of remember William Green. He had his rookie year, 887 yards rushing, the six touchdowns. But yeah, I mean, for 16th overall, he was never anything special. He only played the four years. That wasn't what I necessarily had in mind. Um, yeah, and we and we already talked about Manziel a little bit, Dustin. But I just think there wasn't. When I think of a bust, I think of a guy who coming out of college or whatever sport it is, whether it's like baseball where you come out of high school, there is re- resoundingly belief that that guy is going to be it. Like. 
We're talking the Andrew Lux of the world who, yeah, this guy's got the it factor. The Peyton Mannings, like they're coming out and you just know this guy's going to be a star and then it just doesn't work out whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm thinking of when I think of Bus. And I think with Manziel, it's hard for me to say he was a one of the biggest, maybe in Cleveland history, he'd be in the top 10. But this list that we rattled off of like the biggest bus in NFL history, I don't know how he's number two when I think that there's bigger busts on this list. I mean, even right below him, Ryan Leaf stands out to me more as a bigger bust than Manziel just because oh, yeah. Ryan Leaf went before Peyton Manning in that draft. Like, he was supposed to be it. He was supposed to be the guy. And then the, it just didn't work out for him. And then we know there's reasons why. He's obviously done a lot of speaking on, you know, the issues that he had going to the NFL and all these different things. And props to him for being able to sort of talk about that and, and you know, get his life together post-NFL career. But, yeah, I, I can't... I can't put Manziel... Manning was first, by the way. Oh, was he? My bad. Leaf was number two. Okay. But those two together were considered like consensus, supposed to be like so good. Yep. Number one and number two overall picks, and they were both going to just be stars in the league. And then Peyton Peyton obviously ascended, and and Leaf sort of fell off the rails. As As we talk NBA guys, too, I think the most obvious NBA guy that stands out has to be Greg Oden from oh, Ohio yeah. State. And it was just the injuries of the knees. Yeah. And the guy had like a degenerative condition that never allowed him to play. I mean, and, that guy was a freak. It looked th- like he was 30 years old and he was in college. And you think about the fact that uh, had they not taken him, they could have had Kevin Durant Yeah, Portland. <sighs> what could have been? What could have been? Imagine Kevin Durant with Portland instead of going to, well, I guess at the time it was Seattle and then Oklahoma City and now look where he is and he's bounced around the league a lot. So, uh, we'll get to one more call on this real quick before the break. We'll keep taking them though. Um, two one six five seven eight double nine two biggest busts in Cleveland sports history, or in sports history in general. We'll we'll talk through more of this list, Dustin, because mm-hmm. I think we have some other names that we we talked about who maybe didn't make the list for biggest busts that probably should or should be in consideration. But we go to Paul. What's going on, Paul? Yeah, did you mention uh, Justin Gilbert, top ten pick before Manziel? Yeah, yeah, he's he, come up. He, he came up. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like because of the position he played, um, it, well, he wasn't a quarterback. Uh, to me, it's not as big of a bust. But yeah, he was a bust, hundred percent. He was the eighth overall pick. Guy barely got on the field. I mean, wasn't wasn't he the guy that didn't even want to play football? Uh, I think that's probably accurate. Yeah, I think I think Gilbert's obviously on there. I, I think no question. Yeah, I, I, uh, thanks for the call, Paul. We appreciate it, man. Uh, we can probably take another one. G- uh, Gerald, you're up next. What's up, Gerald? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. How you good. doing? Hey, good. Um, so I think the biggest I – don't, I don't think there's any just one single, but I think anybody that we picked between the 2012 and 2016 drafts in the first round, they all turned out to be just journeymen or no good, out of the league real quick. Um, I would say um, I don't really consider um, Trent Richardson a bust because he did. We did get a good value return for him. And, and that first year, Trent Richardson wasn't so bad. So I, I don't know if anybody's brought him up, but I personally don't think – I mean, I don't think he's a bust for Cleveland. He had about 1,300 total yards and several touchdowns. I mean, he, he was okay. Um, I think some of these players, though, I don't know if that's – I don't know if that's more of an example of the uh, the culture that we got going on up there, but I mean, a lot of them guys coming out of college were were, were good players, good athletic players. I mean, 
Mingo's a guy, very athletic. You'd, you'd think somebody could craft him in it. We had some good defensive coordinators. I don't, I don't know. I just I look at that time frame from 2012 to 2016, and I look at a lot of names that could have been something that just didn't turn out to be. So whether they're all busts or they're just a – I don't know. I suppose you would just consider them all busts. But that, anyway, I right. those players. Yeah, I appreciate it, Joe. Yeah, I think – I understand his thoughts on Trent Richardson. I think, though, when you look at his career as a whole, I think he would he would be a bust. He's right, though. I mean, those that year, that span of years he gave of drafts, we mentioned Mingo, Trent Richardson's on there. Brandon Whedon was a first-round pick the same year as Richardson. I will say this. As I kind of go back through history here, the one position the Browns seemed to hit on in the 2000s, like even later in the in the drafts, were linemen. They got Mitchell, Sh- Mitchell Schwartz in 2012 in the second round. Mm-hmm. The year that the Justin Gilbert Manziel year, people remember those picks, but that was also the year Joe Batonio got drafted. And obviously we know about uh, the year... Joe Thomas got drafted for uh, in the first round. It was also the year that you had Brady Quinn, who didn't pan out. But people remember Brady Quinn not panning out, but maybe don't remember that that was also the same year they did get Joe Thomas. So, yeah, I mean, there's so they have hit on some guys occasionally. They, they seem to draft linemen well for whatever reason. But um, I got one. This is going to be... You ready for this bomb to drop as we go to break? Can we call Baker Mayfield a bust? No. You don't think so? No, and and certainly I don't think you can because he's still playing, and I think Baker's going to play for another. He could play for another ten years. Is Baker on the trajectory? Oh, here we go to be a bust in the NFL. The anonymous twit says this topic is really depressing. I saw, that. so I got that tweet too. As we rehash, uh, just Browns draft after Browns draft and all these missed prospects. Um, I wanted to at least go. Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I wanted to kind of rattle off. Do you want me to read the list of? How this poll shaped out with like the biggest and all across all sports. Yeah, they did the go entire. Ahead. Okay, so we were talking about Manziel. Well, first of all, I did light a torch before we went to break and asked if Baker Mayfield is trending towards being one of the biggest busts in NFL history. Number one overall pick. Mm, I think there's a case to be made, depending on how the rest of his career goes. But we'll get into that here in a second. We'll get to your calls to sort of put a bow on this conversation. Biggest bust in sports history across all sports. Jamarcus Russell is the consensus number one. I, I think Jamarcus Russell is a pretty good answer for both the NFL and overall. There was a lot of hype about him coming out. LSU that year was incredible. And then the wheels just fell off for him. He, he did not have it at the next level. S- somehow, Dustin, Johnny Manziel Still is no, number no. two on this list for Ridiculous. all sports. Ridiculous. Yeah, He's I don't making get it. this list. Greg Oden comes in at number three. I would put him ahead of Manziel. I would also put Ryan Leaf, who's four, ahead of Manziel. Uh, Brian Taylor of the New York Yankees is five. Anthony Bennett of the Cleveland Cavaliers is six. So he does make the list for all time. Anthony Bennett was number two, by the way, on this poll for all-time bust in NBA history. I like this next one, too. Number seven, Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown definitely should be considered a bust. Guy was... Never lived up to the hype. Only averaged double-digit points one time in his career. Uh, and that would have been in 2003-2004. Yeah, I like that answer. Uh, Rick DePietro, New York Islanders. Almost butchered that one. I can't say I, I, follow, I followed a lot of hockey in my day. Uh, Brian Lawton of the Minnesota Unless North they Stars. they were on NHL PA 94 or 95. I don't remember hockey players. <laughs> and then Donovan Tate of the San Diego Padres comes in at number 10. 
No Billy Bean. I was a beast with the, the Boston Bruins back on NHL 94. I, uh, what about Vince Young? Vince Young is a, yeah, I think so. I mean, Vince Young was an all-time great college player. He's probably like a top 10 college player of all time. Yeah. And was rookie of the year. I think in 2006. That's right. Right. Rookie of the year for the Titans has this amazing season. I believe they went to the playoffs that year. Um, and then he just completely fell off. Yeah. He he's I think sort of along the lines of uh RG3 where had a great rookie year. People thought like okay, yeah, he's got it and then wheels just kind of fell off or it just didn't come to get to fruition for him. Yep. Is is RG3 somebody who we haven't talked about him? Is he in that category at all? I mean, I know he has uh, more injury Yeah, related, but. I mean I I think it's fair to say that, but I mean, again, Injuries are a reason for a lot of these guys to not be able to, to yeah. play. Like for Manziel, it wasn't Odin. an injury. Odin was an injury. RG3 still somehow managed to play almost nine years. That is true. He did bounce around. He was he was in Cleveland at one point. The knee injury definitely messed, messed up his career, though. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. Um, you don't think, we don't, you don't think Johnny Manziel, or Johnny Manziel, you don't think Baker Mayfield is somebody that we should consider in this category. Like you down the line, do you think he could be somebody we're talking about as an all-time bust? Over number 1 overall pick. Yeah, he had the playoff run in 2020. Baker Mayfield no. No, I don't think so. And here's why. I think Baker there's there's just not enough good starting quarterbacks out there that Baker's going to start again for somebody. We saw it just for a little bit in Los Angeles this year. I don't think he's ever going to be like probably what people thought he was going to be as the number 1 overall pick. But he's not going to be in the category of a Jamarcus Russell or a Ryan Leaf, right? Going number one, number two overall, and not really having much. I mean, the guy guy did take the Browns to the playoffs, and the team decided to go in another direction for a variety of reasons. I, I just don't see it. I, th- I mean, the guys are the guys already thrown for almost seventeen thousand yards, one hundred and two touchdowns, sixty four picks. I mean, he's just not to me. He's not a bust. Now he's in a tough spot right now because he's trying to find a gig. But I, I don't think he's a bust. And I don't think he will be a bust because I think he's going to pro- probably play in the league for like 10 to 15 years. This is like a backup, probably. Well, or as a spot starter. I mean, like, yeah. whatever Brissett's doing. The I think reason... Baker Mayfield, I'd rather Brissett as a backup than, or excuse me, I'd rather Baker as a backup than Brissett. After this year, though, I don't know. I might take Brissett. No. no. <laughs> don't might, be silly. I might take Brissett. Um, I think the th- the thing that makes it hard with Baker is that he was the number one overall pick, and th- and we'll always be able to look back and say maybe he w- didn't warrant being the number one overall pick, like he shouldn't have gone there. But when you're a number one overall pick, like I think your expectations are just kind of naturally going to be high. So, I I can't sit there and say he's an all time bust today, but when his career's done, I'm open to revisiting the conversation depending on how things go from here. Because mm-hmm. if we get the Baker that we saw in Carolina last year and really towards the end of his time in Cleveland, like if 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 something – we all kind of agreed, Dustin, that towards the end of his time in Cleveland at the end of last season, 2021, um, or 2022, you know, 2021, um, that something mentally just wasn't there. Like if there's some mental block for him now where he just looks atrocious, and I understand like he had some moments with the Rams, I get it, but if, if he looks like the end of 2021 or – what he looked like in Carolina, then I think it's worth revisiting the conversation down the line. Did Baker end up in in uh, Baltimore? What? If, oh my gosh! What if they trade Lamar and then that's who they end up with? That'd be a fun storyline. We're gonna be a get great storyline. We're gonna get Ravens Browns Week oh, One like you know last Baker year. Sign up for that in a heartbeat. With the Panthers, we're gonna he's gonna put out more T-shirts. 
off the leash. The, the out, bird has out left of the, the cage. flock. Out of the cage. Yeah, I was trying to think of a, a bird pun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 216-578-0092. We'll uh, rattle through the calls here. We got Daryl Ryder, our Browns beat reporter, joining us next. Maybe we'll ask him about if Baker Mayfield could end up an all-time bust. Daryl's a historian of Cleveland sports. I'm sure he's got some I was going to say, he also has, he feels some type of way about Baker Mayfield, too, so I'm sure he uh, could have a passionate opinion about it. Also, we okay with the NFL getting rid of the tush push? We'll get to that, too, coming up here in this hour, but let's go to the phones. We got Rich up first. What's up, Rich? Oh, yeah. my I think my biggest bust would have been he was a Heisman Trophy winner, Charles White. I'll let you go. All right, appreciate the call. 1980, first-round pick, 27th overall. Played five years for the Browns. Mm. Yeah, again, predates me, so it's hard. But if he was a Heisman winner, I'm sure there was plenty of hype about him coming out. Yeah, of course. And, yeah, just just looking at the – doing the quick glance of the pro football reference page, I can tell – he wasn't living up to the Heisman hype in the NFL, for sure. Uh, let's he go to the next off one. The field issues too. Did he? Mm. That, that some issues with substance abuse. That too. seems to be. I, I don't know. Maybe some of this is reckless speculation. I don't know, but it seems like there seems with the players who end up being busts. I mean, I can use Ryan Leaf as an example because he has literally admitted that there was some of that going on off the field. Um, it seems like that sort of tends to be a common theme. Am I wrong? Like there no, seems to be no. some off the field stuff where it's like substance abuse or, you know, just the the pressure of living up to this hype kind of gets to them and then they're resorting to other means. Always kind of seems to be a, a theme with this conversation. Charles uh, White just died, by the way. Did he? This year? Last, last month. year? Last hmm. month. Wow. Well, rest in peace to Charles White, despite being an all-time Cleveland bust. Uh, Peter, you're up next. I, I Put some I, respect I, on his name, man. <laughs> I mean, we're having a conversation about busts, and somebody just called in and said it was a bust. I mean, rest in peace. I, just, I you know. Uh, all right, sorry, Peter. You're back on. What's going on, Peter? Hey, how's it going? So, uh, as bad as Trent Richardson was, they got a pick for him so he doesn't become a, um, a bust for the Browns. Okay. In that in that same draft, I think one of the biggest busts of all time was Justin Blackman. I love this answer. I saw this on the call screen. I appreciate the call, Peter. Thanks, man. And I brought this up in our, our pre-show meeting. I, I asked, like, Justin Blackman – Dude was dude had a great college career. I looked it up before the show. He had like fifteen hundred receiving yards and twenty touchdowns his second season at Oklahoma State, and then just got to the NFL. I think again, maybe reckless speculation, but it seems like there was some substance abuse stuff there off the field with him, and he got in some trouble and never panned out in the NFL. But that that's I think that is a really good answer. Somebody who I think flies under the radar because people don't really think of Justin Blackman, but I I would put him on my list for all time. Uh, John, you're up next. What's up, John? Uh, this is more of a Browns blunder than it is a Browns bust, but with the 2001 number three overall pick, the Browns selected big money Gerard Warren instead of future first ballot Hall of Famer Ladanian Tomlinson, and mm. I can't live with that. See, yeah, those he are... was only here for three years. Yeah. Third overall he, pick. He had a good rookie season, then he fell off. Yeah, all right. I mean, he was like, like a, um, on the all-rookie team his first year. Oy. Uh, kind of like Trent Richardson, honestly. Similar. Yeah, good call, man. Somehow pre- he played a decade. That's respectable then. He had a DC. It's like, amazing. He, yeah. Like, it's just amazing to me to see guys who get drafted. You know, if you're a top 10 pick, like, for you not to play six to 10 years in the league, 
you must have to really suck. Because you're going to get multiple opportunity after multiple opportunity to play. Um, yeah, no, I mean, listen, especially in today's NFL, how many of these like backup quarterbacks just get recycled all the time and find jobs somewhere else or, you know, just cause they had one season of success and, and they get paid for it. So you're, I mean, you're t- right. I was in Minnesota. We drafted Troy Williamson with the seventh pick and he played five years mm. and he was the fastest receiver I ever had to guard in my life. <sighs> just couldn't, but he only played five years, played five years. <sighs> That's crazy. Well, they do say four touchdowns. Well, they do call it the NFL stands for not for long, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, if 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 Gerard Warren was taken over the Danian Tomlinson, I can chalk that up as a as a bust. Let's uh, one more call here, Jay. What's going on, Jay? You're the last one for this topic. What you got, Jay? Yeah, I got uh definitely Dewan Wagner, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers number six overall pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was the consensus national high school player of the year. And then I think like three or four years later, he was out of the league. What was kind of cool, I also just saw that his son is like the number one ranked player for the class of 2023. So maybe they'll mm. get some redemption in the family. Passed it down through the family line. He yeah, there the you go. He's the number one basketball recruit in the country. Wow. DeWan Wagner Jr. Good stuff, Jay. Appreciate the call, man. Yeah, I don't know that I would have thought of thought of him. But I think that's a pretty good answer as well. Mm-hmm. No doubt. He, he's, oh, yeah, his son is the number one recruit in the country is what you're saying. Yeah. Right now? His wow. dad was an, uh, a second-round pick in the NBA draft, too. Yeah, Milton that's what, Wagner. That's what I was just looking up. Hmm. Yeah, he's, on, he's McDonald's All-American. All right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.